Welcome to the Emmanuel Church Podcast. Here at Emmanuel Church, we believe that God wants to meet us where we're at. So whether you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can listen to the message from our Sunday worship experience. We would love for you to stay connected with us by visiting our website at myemmanuelchurch.com or at any social media platform at myemmanuelchurch. We hope you enjoy this message. so glad for you to join us here in person once again and online for those of you who are watching on youtube or facebook give me a second while i kind of set up my ipad uh one week a few weeks ago when i was setting up my ipad i had walked up on the stage when we were still just doing online in person right before i went on my ipad fell down I was like, I'm glad it didn't happen while I was preaching because I felt I would have been thrown off completely. But thanks for joining everybody here today. We're so glad that you were here. We're so glad that you're watching online. If it is your first time watching us online or your first time in person, we want to connect with you. Do not forget that there is ways for it. For you to connect, if you want to give, you can give online. All you got to do is check out our website at myemmanuelchurch.com and you can see how you can connect with us today and how you can give today. So today, um, amen. Are you happy to be here? Y'all happy to be here? I only said like one people. It's okay. A couple of people. Y'all are happy to be here? I'm happy to be here. And I'm excited because it's been a while since we've done a sermon series here in Emmanuel Church. Uh, As we've been doing everything online, uh, I felt we were just, uh, we were we were trying to speak to what was appropriate for the time. And in that, I, I decided that we wanted, uh, wanted to get back to doing sermon series. But also, I wanted to do a sermon series that would help us connect with what is going on right now. And if you haven't seen uh, online on social media, or if you haven't seen the, uh, the screens today, the name of our series that we're starting today is called People Matter. People Matter. And... I know that uh, right now, uh, uh, the atmosphere in our country, there's a lot of tension. Uh, there is a lot of stuff you see online and you might get exhausted emotionally just from seeing everything that is going on emotionally and mentally. And it's just like there's, there's so much to process. And, and, and then we ask ourselves questions like, well, what am I supposed to say now? What am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to react in light of all? all of this and that's those are the questions that I want to answer during this series. I want to talk about compassion and justice and people and why it why what the Bible says, what God is telling us when it comes to people and why we should act, why we should do something, why we should love people, why we should do uh, do something about this that we shouldn't stay silent. And today, I'm going to start with the basics. But just because it's basic doesn't mean it's not important. You know? I know when, we, uh, when you call people basic, that means that they got no substance. But I'm hoping that you don't feel that way about this message today. It might be basic, but there is substance and importance to what I have to say today. And the title of my message today is, In His Image. In his image. So you might 
have heard that if you've been going to church for a while or if you haven't. The Bible tells us that we are created in the image of God. And I've mentioned this before uh, in, in a few different series and other things. But I wanted to dig a little deeper into what that means for us today. What does it mean to be created in the image of God? What does it mean uh, for us personally? What does it mean for, for how we treat other people? What does it mean to be made in his image? You know, um, when I think about that, like, I, just a f- funny little thing, like, I thought, like, I, uh, during this quarantine, I've been uh, kind of cutting my own hair. And thank, thanks to y'all uh, who had not said anything like that about it. And I was like, oh, it looks okay, you know. But in my, this image of like, I, I'm do I'm trying to replicate what I saw, like what I had had before. But this past week, weekend, I actually went to go get a, a haircut back at my regular place. And uh, they, they fixed my hair and I told the... What do they call it? Stylist. I told the stylist. Um, so I know that I, I cut my hair a little bit. And on, on the top, I kind of like tried. <laughs> I tried to make it look good. I tried to create a, as, an image as close as possible to what I usually get. And she just kind of chuckled at me. She's like, so fix it up. So, yeah, fix it up. Fix it up. She knew what she was doing. I didn't know what we were doing. And that, that, it's just a funny little story to make us think like, when we think about the image of God or being made in the image of God, we have an idea of what that means or what that looks like or how that applies to our lives. But we need to get as close to to, to what the Bible says as possible when it comes to living out that actuality, living out the truth that we are made in the image of God. So in the very, I want to go to the very beginning of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 27, and that's where I'm going to start today. And if you don't have your Bibles, we'll have it up on the screen for you. And it says like this, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may have rule over the fish in the sea, in the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all of the wild animals, and and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female He created them. Now, uh, the book of Genesis tells us in this this very first chapter is a story of creation. God goes about creating the world and the universe as we know it. Um, he, He creates light and dark. He creates the stars and he creates the sea and the land and uh, he creates separations and he creates the animals by speaking into uh, existence, speaking them into existence. He spoke them into reality by his words. That Yet then we get to Genesis 1, 26 and 27 and he tells us, let's create God, let, not God, let's create man in our image. And for those confused about the plurality of that, God is one God, but he's talking to, to Jesus and the Holy Spirit himself. You know, he's having a conversation with himself and says, I'm going to make God, uh, I keep saying that, I'm going to make man in my image. I'm going to create them to be like me. 
And when we go to Genesis chapter 2, it tells us a little bit about that. And it says that instead of speaking man into creation, like he did the rest of the universe, like he did the animals, like it says, let the, bir- let the, let the air be filled with birds, and it was. Let the ocean be filled with fish, and it was. Let all the animals come up from the ground, and they came up from the ground. But it says with humanity, he decided not only to create Create them in his image, but he formed them with his own hand, first thing. He said, they're going to be created in my image. That's important. Number number two, he says, I'm going to create them with my own hand. So out of the dust, he formed Adam by his fingers, with his fingers. And thirdly, he put his breath in Adam. He didn't give that to any other being in creation. And he said he breathed into Adam the breath of life. And then he did the same thing a little bit later with Eve. He, he took a rib from Adam and created Eve out of, uh, out of Adam. And he breathed into her life. And he says these two, Adam and Eve, these are, this humanity, the beginning of humanity, this is my image on earth. And that's important. What does it mean then personally to be made in the image of God? First point says, to be made in God's image means that he has given us the same capacity, the same capacity to be as he has, to be as he does. But to be, like, you know, you think of the Shakespearean thing, to be or not to be, you know, that, that's to exist, to, to live and, and live in and create in and move in the world we in. He has given us the same capacity that he has to influence and change the world around him as he has. You know, none of us have supernatural powers where we can just speak something into existence, but we have the capacity to create. We have the capacity to influence other people by our words and by our actions. We have the capacity to do things that God has given us to do that he has. And if you don't believe me, like God is, we are very much like God. When, when you just look at the bare minimum, we, we are very much like God. First of all, we have emotion. God has emotion. I know there are some people that's like, well, I don't like expressing my emotions. It's like, well, God expresses his emotions. The Bible is full of examples that tells us about how God expresses himself. It tells us that he weeps and he cries when he's sad and, and disappointed. He, he is hurt when we, be, when we sin in our lives and betray him. He, his heart breaks for us. When we despair and, and he despairs with us. When we're happy, he celebrates with us. With us. He celebrates with us. You know, I don't, I mean, that, that's not true. I was going to say, I don't usually mess up with like that, but you know, that's what it is. I do. Uh, he celebrates with us. In one of the books of the prophets, it says that God dances and sings over us. He is, um, he is emotional over us. God has emotion, so he has given us the same capacity to have emotion. He's also given us anger. God gets angry too. God gets upset. He gets hurt. He gets, he gets broken over what he's done. I mean, there's even a passage in the Bible that he tells us that God experiences regret. He created mankind and he says, man, they've messed things up so bad. I regret creating them. Thankfully, he didn't finish us off there and we're still here. Um, but he has emotion. We have will. 
our own will. We have free will to decide and choose what we will. And God does too. He decides, the Bible tells us, he does whatever he wants. And if you had all the power in the universe, you could do whatever you want. But we don't. You know. But we have the ability to choose. We, we choose what we want to do in life. We choose uh, uh, who we want to be with. Who our friends are with, uh, around us. You know, one thing that we can't choose is our family. But God, uh, God has given us that. And we choose, but we choose how to interact with our family. We can choose what to do. We can choose who to love and how to be and where to go. We can choose things. And God has given us the same capacity as him. He has will and he has given us will. He's given us intellect. We can be smart or we can choose not to be smart. That's also a choice. (laughs) No. Uh, But... He's he given us the ability to be creative and create. And some of us, some of you might think, well, I'm not that creative. Not, and I think that's not true. I just think we are not, cre- we are all creative differently. We are all creative in different ways and, and, and different things. Because I think a lot of people, when they think of creativity, that means, well, I'm not good at making things look nice. That's not the only way to be creative. There are so many ways for us to express creativity and to be and to do. Like some people, they start a business and that's their creativity that God has given them. Uh, Or they think of things in novel ways or different ways and that's their ability to be creative. Like creativity is given to us because God is creative. He created the universe and the world around us and he has so much imagination. Just look at the platypus. What even is that? Like, it is like the weird, one of the weirdest animals that is in existence. It's like a duck and a beaver and it lays eggs. Um, so it's like, what is this thing? And it lives underwater. Like, it makes no sense. Oh yeah, and that's one thing my wife just mentioned. It's also poisonous. Like, what? What is this thing that exists? God is supremely creative. You know, you just got to look at the universe around us. The stars and the planet and the planet that we live on. The beauty that there is and see how creative it is. God has given us the ability to be moral. To decide right and wrong. And I know there are a lot of people that might think that 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 is an ability that is... uh, to, to decide what is truly right and wrong it is reserved for those who are specifically religious and follow God and things like that. But no, that's innately in our, uh, in our DNA. Like from the earliest written codes of humanity, people decided, you know, it's a pretty bad idea to kill people. Like, let's not do that. Like... Um, but they didn't get it from God themselves. Some people, they didn't get it from God. They got it from what was inside them. God had put that, what is right and wrong. That's why we have, like, you ever hear that voice in your head that tells you you're about to do something really dumb? Your conscience. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, you know. And, but sometimes we ignore it or we shut it up completely so we can do what we want to do. But we have that ability. And, re- and lastly, we're, we're relational. People are very relational. We need each other. You know, one thing is if you have been, if you are an introvert, I'm an introvert. I don't know how many of you are an introvert. And if you don't know what an introvert means, that means you like to be on your own. Um, You are okay with being by yourself. You get recharged from being alone and it drains you to be around a bunch of people. Like for long long periods of time, you just get drained. You go home. It's like, I just need to be alone and do what I need to do. During this time, if you are uh, 
an introvert, during this time, you might have realized how important it is actually for you to be around people. <laughs> Because even as an introvert, you start getting antsy and like, oh, I need to be around people. Because we were created to be like that. God even exemplifies perfect relationship in who He is. That He is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Together as one God, He is perfect in His own relationship to Himself. And he created us to be in relationship with him and to each other. So th these things make us like God. They make us into his image. They make us be like he is. And we've even been given more than that. We, and because of all of that, he has given us the opportunity to be a part of his plan. That's what he said. He said, be to subdue the earth, to be in charge over the animals, to plants and everything. And to more than that, he tells us, be fruitful and multiply, create, grow, and be in neighborhoods, grow cities, do things. Like he wants us to be a part of what he is doing on this planet. So he tells us, now you have, because you have my image, I want you to be a part of what I am doing on this earth. So I give you authority to rule over it. To care for it. To be uh, expressive in this world that I have put you into. That is a, to live out your calling. Whatever your calling might be. Whether doctor, mechanic, preacher, uh, a chef. I don't know. I, those are the only things I could think of off the top of my head. But. And most importantly. Being made in his image makes us the object of his love. It makes us the object of his love. First John 3.1 says this, see what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us, that, know us is that it did not know Him. So it's telling us right here, you have been loved by God because you are created in His image. You are loved by God. You are children of God. You are children of the creator of the universe. And the most important thing about all of this I'm saying, the most important thing is that, that, that this does not apply only to us who believe and follow Jesus. This applies to every person on this planet, whether they be, whether we think they are good or evil, no matter what they look like, where they came from, where they live, all of this applies to everyone. Everyone. See, the Apostle Paul, even he had a conversation uh, with some people that were philosophers and Greeks. And he said, even your own poets, he says, they don't know this unknown God, but they speak of him. And they say that we are his offspring. Even them, they understood. The ancient Greeks understood. We don't know this God, but we are his children. Somehow they understood this. That we were the, the very beginning, uh, 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 the most precious creation of this God that we don't even know. And that's everybody. That's everybody. So my point, point number two, because... Because all people are created in God's image, we need to understand that people matter. 
People matter. And this is really important in this, clim- uh, this, this, this atmosphere in our nation right now. I know that a lot of people will think that things are going on are very political. I beg to differ. Things are not very political right now. Things are, are the way they are, not because of politics, not because of your right or left or whatever political party or alignment that you feel that you are. It's not that that is not what is happening it is that there are people rallying together because they know that the lives of other people matter that they should not be ignored when there are when injustice occurs that they should not be ignored when they have been mistreated this this is why this is what god wants us to understand and to know that his word tells us people matter that we are important, that, that, that you, uh, you are important, that others are important, that people that do not look like you are important, that people that do not believe the same as you do are important. Whether they are, are, whether they are black, white, Asian, uh, wherever they come from, I, I don't know, there's a lot of nationalities that I can't all name. <laughs> they matter. Whatever religion, if you're Muslim, if you're Jewish, if you're Shinto, if you're Buddhist, if you're Christian, it doesn't matter. You matter. God, you matter to God. Because even if you don't believe in him, atheists, if you don't believe in him, he, you matter to God. You matter to God. So that's why this is important. No matter your, 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 whatever you feel your gender is, I know that there's a lot of people that they have all kinds of genders that they feel are, they are. If you are LGBTQ, whatever, God, you matter to God. Whoever you feel like you are, you matter to God. Whatever you want to do in your life, you matter to God. However, no matter what a broken system tells you that you are, how much value they place on you, you matter. It's important. We need to know that. We need to understand that. You know, and we hear it all the time. You know what? We, we tell you in church all the time. You got to love people. I say that all the time. You got to love people and it's hard to love people. Because um, some people, well, they're more difficult to love than others. <laughs> But we are called to do that. And we say it all the time, but I don't think we take a a, a moment to really examine ourselves in that. We don't take a moment to really think about what it means. Am I loving people around me? I mean, if you want to examine that, just look at your, just start from the very beginning. Okay, how am I interacting with my family? From my first circle, my family, am I loving people? Am I, am I treating them the way I should? Then expand your circle. How am I treating people when I go to school? Am I treating people different? Am I, am I treating people different based on the color of their skin? When you might not even know about it. And, and that's one thing that's really important during all of this. A lot of people are saying, was like, well, I'm not racist. Okay, you, maybe you're not racist, but we are part of a nation that has institutionalized racism in a lot of different parts of itself. And so sometimes we are that without even realizing it. We make jokes and we say, oh, it's not racist, but it probably is. That's not offensive. Oh, but it probably is. And, and we need to examine that in ourselves because that is not loving people. That is not treating them like they matter. That is not giving them 
the God-given right of being loved. Like the, the, and that's a God-given right. I don't know, a lot of people don't talk about that, but God loves everyone. Like that is a right given to God, by God, to every single person, to be loved by Him, no matter what. No matter what. It doesn't even matter if we think their people are our enemies or they hate us or we hate them. God loves them. And he wants them to understand that. He wants them to know that they are loved. They, that they are cared for. And I'm not, not here saying, you know, because this, this, you know, I debated whether I was going to say this or not. But I feel like I need to say this. Because I, I get real annoyed when people start saying the, the phrase, all lives matter. Um, in place of... They say, oh, well, it shouldn't be Black Lives Matter. It should be All Lives Matter. No, no, no. You see, I'm saying people matter. And because people matter, Black Lives Matter. That's important to understand because there is a distinction. All Lives Matter is is a phrase that people are trying to use to erase the fact that Black Lives Matter. They're not saying that all lives matter. And and not not everybody who uses that phrase is trying to do it that way. Not everybody who says it is trying to make it that way. But that's where it started. That's where it came from. It's saying, no, no, they don't have a voice. We're important. And the funniest example I, I thought of this, I saw this on TikTok. The funniest example I, could, I thought of, uh, I found about this was the fact that there was a, in, in, the, in the video, there was a, I don't even remember the creator's name, but in the video, uh, they were like, oh, that house is on fire. We need to go help that person in their house. Well, what about my house? Is, is your house on fire? No. But my house matters. <laughs> And we think about it that way, and I laughed at that, but it's like, that's the reasoning people use. It's like, yeah, but there's someone hurting and broken right now. That's that's why we need to focus on that. People matter when they're hurting and broken. Just because you're not hurting and broken doesn't mean that you don't matter. You matter. God loves you. But that means we need to step in and act in love. I might get some comments about that. It's okay. Jesus loves you. <laughs> but the thing about it is, and we have to understand that, because the, the, and the more important part about this too is like, not the more important part, but if equal importance is that God also loves our enemies. The people that we think we're fighting against, He loves them too. And we need to understand that as well. We cannot be polarized and say, well, I have the right to hate someone. No, you don't. You have the, the opportunity and the need to love people. Even when they are hating on you. Even when they're hating on you. Whew. And the reason why it's like this though. And it's difficult. It's difficult. Because we live in a broken world. And number three, my point is this. Sin has marred God's image in us. But Jesus came to restore it to us. All of that is the way it is. Because sin breaks down the image of God in us. It it corrupts it. it. It changes our point of view to not that God is true and good and right and holy, but that we are the deciders of what is good and right for ourselves. Sin questions the truth that God has given us. You know, we look back in Genesis chapter 2 again. The Garden of Eden was there. And the story, if you don't know the story, Eve was tempted by a serpent. And it wasn't for the fruit. 
Like, I, I thought about it for a long time and I heard someone say, God, Eve wasn't tempted by the fruit. And I was like, I mean, but that's like the story. <laughs> the story we hear that Eve was tempted by the fruit. No, Eve was tempted by the lie that she was told that she was less than what she was. The serpent told her, you are not made in God's image, but if you take this fruit and take things into your own hands, then you will be like God. So he told her, you are not what you are. You are, you are not who you think you are. Instead, you are less than that. And because of that reality, that lie is the same thing that the enemy tells us today, that the world tells us today, that we are less than what we are. And so to, to, to compensate for that, we do things, we act out, we live life our own way to find purpose and value and hope and love. And we seek it out in every other venue that we can possibly find including hating other people because we want to put ourselves up and other people down because it makes us feel good. It, make, it just does. So we do that and, and sin corrupts the image of God in us and it makes us less. It makes us less. It tells us that you will be like God, but it makes us less. That's the lie. But the, but the good news is, is that Jesus came to restore his image in us. Because Jesus is the image of God. Like we, were, we are created in the image of God, in his image. There's a, there is an important distinction. We are created in his image to be like him. But Jesus was the image of God. He wasn't like the image of God. He was the image of God. He is the expression of who God was. He was the expression of what humanity was supposed to be. He was the expression of good and truth and hope and love. Colossians 1 19 to 20 says this, for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, speaking of Jesus, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Jesus gave his life to restore God's image over us, to give us a, a bridge back to what we were meant to be, back to what it was supposed to be in that garden that we were supposed to live and create and love and build and, and, and express ourselves because God wanted us to do that with him but when we live by sin in our lives we choose our own destiny and ultimately that destiny leads us to destruction that's what the Bible tells us. The, the path of sin is wide but it leads to destruction the path to life is narrow but it leads to hope and truth. In Jesus, we can love and live and express God in our lives. To bear his image so that all people can see him in us. When we, when we make a decision to be able to say, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to live in Jesus. That's because he wants us to take that image back. So that when people see us working living, eating, shopping, doing life, that they don't see just us, but they see something bigger and greater in us, God's hope and love and truth. Jesus can bring us back 
Because Jesus steps in so that we can have a changed perspective on life. He, he reminds us of that. Um, Lajinska has changed my perspective in life since I've gotten married. <laughs> um, I'm not going to share anything too embarrassing because I didn't, you know, share any kind of story, like get permission or anything. Uh, but Jesus, Lajinska has helped me uh, change my perspective in life. I, I'm a... I am a stubborn person. I am still a stubborn person. She will tell me this. Um, But I believe I am less stubborn than I used to be. Um, Because I I was very stuck in my ways of doing things. But one thing that Lajinska has shown me is that it is possible to learn uh, and change the way you view things. You know, when I was married, I I wasn't sure what to expect. But one thing that I have learned is that... I am not like the most important, even even in our marriage, like, you know, the Bible, you, you can say what you will about marriage and what the Bible says about marriage. A man is the head of the household, but I am not most important. Like the Bible even tells us the husband should serve his wife and they should submit to one another in love. And that's something that I learned f- by being married. Now we've been married. Uh, it'll be three years this year, later this year. And I, I've learned that I'm not most important. Like my perspective is now viewed through the lens of, is this going to be good for us? You know, and and it seems like a weird example maybe to you, but like I, I think about it this way. I am thinking now through the lens of us and is this good for us and as a family and what we're doing in life. And that's the same thing that God wants us to realize because when it, it says we are the bride of Christ as the church, we are the bride of Christ. So now if we are in relationship with Jesus, it's now is this in God's image for us? Am I reflecting Jesus in what I am doing? doing with my life or am I choosing to try and take my destiny into my own hands and let sin change me Jesus is here to rescue us but we have to let him we have to let him in we have to let the Holy Spirit change our perspective let us see through his eyes instead of our own let us see through the lens of the word of God instead of our own because we are all created in God's image and the sooner we grasp this not just us here but everybody that is living in this neighborhood that our church is in everybody that lives in our city everybody that lives in our nation in this world every single person is created in the image of God so they matter they matter Jesus is the true image of God and today he is extending to us an opportunity to reclaim that to be like him to be like him would you stand with me this afternoon I was going to say evening it's not evening I want you to know something Throughout this, next week we're going to talk about compassion and the importance of compassion in our current atmosphere in the world. But to to understand compassion, to be able to understand compassion, to be able to understand justice, this, what I'm talking about today, is so important. And if you are listening, watching here today, I want you to hear what I'm going going to say right now. You are loved. You may not feel it. You may not truly understand what that means right now. But that means that you are not alone. 
That means that no matter what people have told you throughout your life, you're loved. No matter what a broken system has told you that you are, has told you how little value you have, you are loved and you are valued. And Jesus is here extending his grace and love and mercy to you. To let you know that you are not alone. If you are suffering, you are not alone. If you are angry, you are not alone. If you are hurting, you are not alone. And he is here for you. And for those of us who are believers, these are, these are going to be the topics of my two prayers today. And of those of us believers, let us take this opportunity to re-examine ourselves and say, God, am I truly loving others because they were made in your image? Or am I treating as people as less than? Because I think I'm better than them in some way or form. God, change us from that. So let's pray. If you, if you need Jesus today, first I'm going to pray for you. All you have to do, it's real simple because he's here waiting for you. He's here extending his gift of life, a new life to you, of love to you. So if you would just bow your head or close your eyes or whatever you need to do. And say this prayer with me. God, here I am. I need to know your love. I want to know your love. So here is my life. I'll put it in your hands. I want to follow you. For anybody that prayed that prayer online or here. In the name of Jesus, we pray over you and let you know that you have been welcomed into a new life. You've been welcomed to be a new creation. You've been welcomed into this family here today. And that you are not alone. And that we pray that in this journey, you will reach out to us and we reach out to you and pray over you to let you know that there is so much more for you. That there is grace, there is peace, there is hope in this world, no matter how dark things may seem. And that you are here, beside. we are here with you to walk beside you in this journey. And that you would help us to grow into you, into your likeness, God, into your image, becoming more like you. And for those of us who are believers, I'm going to pray right now, God... Help us to see what we can't see. Help us to see prejudice in our lives. Help us to see things that we don't understand, how we treat people. Help us to re-examine ourselves so that we may love people, God, because they are yours. No matter where they come from, what they look like, how they are, how they speak, how they live, how educated, how rich, how poor. It doesn't matter. They are created in your image. So God, forgive us. If we have treated people as less than because of some superiority complex we might have over who we are. But give us the opportunity, God, to love like you have loved them. To love like you love us, Jesus. Change our perspective, God. Change our life. Help us to love when we can't. We hope you enjoyed the message today. And we would love to hear the story about how God is using this ministry to change your life. 
you can share it with us at myemmanuelchurch.com slash mystory. And if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can give online at myemmanuelchurch.com slash give. And if you're in the Houston area, we would love to see you on Sundays at 1130 a.m. Have a blessed week.